This ain't your father's podcast. Oh, wait. Yeah, it is. You're listening to Stocks and Sandals. Where steaks and stocks get seared to perfection. So lace up the grass-stained New Balances, crack open an ice-cold brewski, and fire up that grill. What's on the menu? Games, baby. Games, baby. Are you good, Ace? Can you hear me? I'm going to fluff your watermelon one more time. There you go, Daddy. <laughs> one more time. I'm just going to do that whenever I feel like I need a little comfort. Cool. Uh, you good? You good? All right. good? Welcome to the Stocks and Sandals podcast, guys. Uh, super excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. We've obviously got Ace with us, uh, as always. Well, he's with us in spirit and... Whatever this is, uh, we just kind of make do. We just kind of make do with what we can do right now until Ace uh, finds a way to get back in the states, and you know. Um, but he's here. He's warm. He's cozy. We've got a watermelon for him, and uh, we also are excited to welcome Fuzz. So a lot of you guys may not know Fuzz at all uh, <clears throat> if you're not in the Stockdaz Discord. If you are. You know Fuzz. Uh, Fuzz is also Brian Farr. Fuzz is his obviously a nickname. So we're gonna talk about that. But welcome to the to the podcast. Sir. Good to be here. Yeah, we're excited. Um, so we, I even made the, the the little YouTube thumbnail. You know, it says like Fuzz is probably the best trader you've never heard of. And for us, uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit more and getting to know Fuzz because Fuzz is actually the OG. Uh, grill master exclusive analyst for stock dads he's a very first ever analyst that we brought on exclusively and that's probably why most of you have never heard of him because he's been exclusive since day one he's not like ace or amar or duke or some of these traders that have been in discord servers kind of all over the place yeah he's been a day one you know homie and you know we've kind of kept the Kept him under wraps and stuff, and he's just been adding a ton of value to the Stock Dads Discord for years. So, very excited to share you with the world, Fuzz. Thank you, man. Uh, what a lot of people actually don't know is that Fuzz and I went to middle school together. Um, did you even know that? And same with me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was at that middle school. Oh, yeah, you, you were, were the kid yeah, that you picked on and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. actually, you probably picked on us. You were the cool kid. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, me and Fuzz actually went to middle school together in West Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, so West Georgia Christian Academy, and played basketball together. You know, you wouldn't yeah. know it looking at either of us, but we were stud basketball. No, I'm just kidding. I was terrible. <laughs> I was um, a starter. <laughs> <laughs> he started. I didn't. Uh, and now I could whoop his butt in basketball because, you know, I grew and he didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> True. I stayed the same height. <laughs> you, you did. You were you were great. Uh, you were a point guard and stuff. Yeah. And um, I was a little short stuff and fat and couldn't run and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Still fat, but I actually got tall. So Yeah, you got taller. I got a little bit better as I as I got older in bas- you know, at basketball. but Just some weaker knees. Exactly. Weaker knees for sure. Ace, we're going to have to get you a one-on-one with Fuzz now. He did uh, whoop up on man, like oh. two high schoolers in Chicago yeah. two years ago, oh, which was yeah. entertaining. Uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> we had uh, we had our annual like strategic planning summit, and this was before Ace was on the Stock Dads team, but we went to, uh, we brought the whole team in from across country, we went to Chicago, yeah. we got a, you know. That was a lot of fun. 
conference room in the Chicago hotel and there was a, you know, a basketball team that was there and mm-hmm. some kids were out on the court playing and I went out, you know, schooled them Sold old them. man style. It was hysterical. It's <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, so if you guys notice, we have a little chessboard here. Um, so one of Fuzz's, you know, passions outside of trading is chess. Yeah. And I'm going to let him tell us a little bit more about that. But while we do this episode, I kind of thought it'd be fun for Fuzz to whoop my ass in chess for you guys all to watch. And, you know, so we're going to just kind of slowly play a game um, and see how it goes, see how quickly he can beat me. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of go from there. So uh, I believe white starts. Oh, white always goes first. This is going to be ugly, guys. So tell us uh, about your passion for chess and kind of how it relates to, to trading. Well... My my dad taught me originally uh, when I was when I was a little kid. Um, I still play it. There's so many aspects to chess that you can use within not just trading but also in life, and it's just been a major player in my journey mm-hmm. throughout the years. So you know, I I couldn't stop playing. <laughs> you yeah. know, even if I tried, I'd always come back to it. Right, Ace. Do you play chess? I know how to play chess. Am I good at chess? Absolutely not. Fuzz, you actually play competitively. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I do play competitively. Um, I haven't been to a tournament in a, in a year, but I'm I'm starting to get back into tournament shape, which involves a lot of getting back into theory and really just training your vision. Uh, with with tactics and puzzles and and just basically it's like training for uh, weightlifting competitions like I know you do it's, it's it's the exact same thing you're you're trying to exercise and and get back into shape a game can last you up to seven hours so you you have to be able to to grind to really grind it out that's crazy yeah <laughs> that's insane yeah that's like so first of all. I think that that has a lot of parallels to trading, it seems, uh, like you already kind of mentioned, and patience being the biggest one of them. Um, You know, what I've noticed uh, a lot of times with, you know, new traders and myself, you know, I struggle with this as I learn and kind of go through the trading journey and stuff. It's, you know, that lack of patience, always wanting to, you know, be in a play, like always feeling like if I'm not in an active trade, like I'm doing something wrong. So kind of talk a little bit about, you know, that and how, again, like as a trader and as a chess player, sometimes it's best to just, you know, wait and see kind of what happens. You know, we always say you don't always have to be in a position. Cash is king always. Um, If you're not feeling it, wait a minute. Wait a moment before something else comes up. Um, In chess, there's actually a move for that. It's, It's just being prophylactic. It's where you make a quiet but subtle move. You obviously have to make a move at the board when it's your turn. Uh, but it's such a quiet move that you're just waiting for a little bit more information. Uh, whereas if you're waiting for your opponent to make a mistake or if you're just needing a little bit more edge out of that position, out of that spot, uh, to, you know, slightly improves your position but also it doesn't harm it 
So there's nothing wrong with just sitting on your hands and waiting for something better to happen, whether that's the next move or two moves later, where you spend that extra little bit of time for things to set up so then you can make your your either your attack or counter attack is something quiet and sometimes it, in especially in chess it's something so simple uh, and sometimes they're the hardest move to make mm -hmm. where you could be castled and you just need to move your king quietly over because there's not much you can really do at that moment in time you just need that little bit extra to to see what happens next and and sometimes you just need to sit on your hands wait for the right moment to to play your edge and your setup and go from there. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that sounds pretty parallel. Like, to yeah, the it's definitely parallel with trading. That's for sure. Uh, exactly like what you said, right. With, in terms of waiting for that move to actually happen, waiting for the conviction in a play to actually happen and play it out. So lots of parallels there. I can definitely see where your passions in terms of, um, trading come in, especially how it correlates to chess. So that's cool. Yeah, and, and the beauty of it, like what I do both in in trading is very, I take a very analytical approach. Sometimes it's tedious. People might even argue it's too tedious, but uh, it's what I like, it's what I enjoy. I love the analytical side, the analytical approach to trading and uh, in chess. So... Uh, it just, it suits me. So that's what I like about it. So you've been trading for a long time. You've been playing chess for a long time. Tell us about how you got your start with trading in general. So when I was kind of introduced to the market through my uncle, <laughs> uh, I used to spend a lot of my summers, uh, hanging out with my, my grandparents and, uh, my uncle, and he would occasionally have his brokerage account open and he would always have shares of like Coke or UPS, uh, usually some like the, the dividend names. Uh, and that's how he would, he would put his money to work. Um, and that kind of got me interested in the markets at a younger age. Um, and then in high school, um, I took AP macroeconomics, which... I did miserable in, which is kind of funny. Uh, but my professor, his name was uh, Mr. Quigley, Mr. Q. That sounds like a Harry Potter professor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was a, a retired Navy guy, um, and he introduced us to the stock market. We we had a stock market competition where you get a trading account, a paper account, and you can uh, play off of that. And we did that competition, and I think I came in like, fifth or something it wasn't one but it wasn't last year so it was kind of fun that's what got me further into trading at a younger age um but i didn't really dabble into it too much because i didn't have a job i didn't have an allowance so i was just like i'm just a kid what can i do anyway mm -hmm. um but after that uh when i first started getting my first job um i started putting money away and then I was like, there's got to be something better because a savings account is boring. It's like watching paint dry. I mean, especially when you're a kid, you're like, eh, I kind of want to do something with it. And then that's when I opened up a, a brokerage account and went from there. 
And from doing simple things, just buying shares and just whatever stuff that I kind of knew about, like Coca-Cola or uh, pet names, because we always had pets growing up, uh, to just simple names like Apple. Uh, and from there, I went into penny stock land, where I got introduced to the wildness of penny stocks. And I got in, I got so tired really quick about the just crazy pumps and then dumps and then you get stuck on the bad side of things or sometimes you get stuck on the good side of things, which was a lot of fun. Um, we all have our funny penny stock name. Uh, KTOF, KTOV was my headache. Uh, I can't remember all the ones off the top of my head, but it went from penny stocks and then I learned options with Ford. I started learning options with Ford, something really boring. And this is something I teach, learn options through something cheap and silly, slow moving, so you can get a hang of it. So Ford was my introduction to options and there. It just grew and grew. <laughs> yeah. Ace, you got started in, in uh, with penny stocks too, didn't you? So when I first started on Discord, I was actually an exclusive penny stock analyst uh, for another company. But I originally started off with Forex uh, back in high school. So what? Um, so what was your like first penny stock, or like the biggest one that you ever traded? Uh, few names that come to head would be like NAC, NAK. There's Boxel, Boxlight, yes. uh, BOXL. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a lot of few names out there that just ring a bell as soon as. That's Buzz Northern had Dynasties, right? NAC? Or is that another? Uh, I, I, I have like, no clue. I, I just think it's remember Northern the Dynasties. Because the only reason I know that is because I'm pretty sure that's the first stock I ever bought. Yeah, NAC is NAC. Yeah, NAK. If I'm not mistaken. Ship. Yeah. Ship is a popular one. Yeah. yeah. Oh my that was God. one of yeah. the first stocks I ever bought. What's the first stock you ever bought? Do you guys remember? Um, mine, was Facebook. mine was. Here's his Facebook. Ford. Surprisingly. Ford. So Ford, Coke, uh, some of the mid, mid cap names. I didn't really get into mega cap until much later when I wised up a little bit. Wised up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the smarter names are the better names. Who would have thunk? I'm getting smoked here already, I'm sure. I'm not good at chess, so it's even harder when I'm trying to have a conversation at the same time, so it's just kind of a matter of time before this all goes downhill. Um, so yeah, so Fuzz, let's talk about kind of how you got started with Stock Dads. Um, obviously, I started the Stock Dads Facebook group, again, when I was just trying to learn and all that kind of stuff, and obviously, since we went to high school or well, middle school together... And I would sh I was sharing it, and you saw it, and I didn't even know that you, you know, were a trader at that point. You know that you had done anything with it, but I, you know, obviously we got you into the group, and you turned out to be a super helpful member. And you know, this was before like Stock Dads was actually a company or anything, and you were already in there teaching and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. And then that's kind of how a, a big part of how we ended up monetizing and turning Stock Dads into a business was basically creating the community, bringing you, and then other professionals in that had done this for a while uh, to bring that value to bring that education and stuff like that so uh, if you guys are a fan of stock dads and have ever been in our group you know how impactful fuzz is we always talk like you know ace uh, gets a lot of the glory on social media and stuff and he's obviously an amazing part but fuzz 
is also a huge part of stock dads that gets often underappreciated, underrated because nobody really knows about you yet. But we're gonna yeah. we're gonna try and change that. We're gonna get you on social <laughs> media a little bit more. And um, but yeah, I think you've got a big uh, big fan group in the in the Discord for sure. I didn't even know who Fuzz was before I started into Stock Dads. <laughs> they had warned me prior, so I was huge on voice channel. I like to be very active uh, in terms of sharing my charts, showing my analysis as the plays are actually happening. And they had said, there is a guy already in there who does daily voice channel uh, and live streaming. And I'm like, who is this Fuzz character? <laughs> I jumped in and I fell in love with Fuzz immediately. His analysis <laughs> just matched very, very well in terms of mine. It gave a very good uh, balance between the two from looking on a more aggressive side uh, where we are playing a lot further out of the monies with uh, very... Uh, short expirations to Fuzz's strategy where we're being a little bit more conservative, uh, taking risk off the table and allowing ourselves again to be a little bit more analytical. So it just worked out very perfectly and our strategies worked kind of harmoniously. Uh, I thought so. So when we got <laughs> split up, I was kind of sad, but no. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, okay. So what Ace is referring to is we have we actually have two different voice channels in Stock Dads now, and we kind of split it up based on the type of trading. I think Ace and Fuzz, again, had an awesome yin and yang and like worked really well together, but the type of trading is different, right? So Ace is, you know, like we, like he mentioned, shorter, you know, expirations, a little more volatile, kind of, you know, higher risk, higher reward. Whereas your you're a little more methodical approach. It's you know further expirations, a little more conservative. Yeah. Um, you know less risk, still good reward, but not necessarily the huge gainers. But also, you know you you lose less too. So right, um, yeah. Or at least a, a less percentage. You know when when you lose. So um, we ended up splitting those voice channels up because we kind of had you know we wanted to give people the option to to go one way or the other. Um, so that's just kind of what we did. It did kind of suck, suck to have to split you guys up because I thought you guys worked really well together, but I do think it's the best for the members to kind of have that, like, D-Gen voice channel with Ace where it's like, let's go in. And Whoa. <laughs> we're going to go crazy. We're going to split. We're going to, like, it's high energy, high octane. Yeah, it's... it's, like, fast. And then, you know, and then the other voice channel, it's you and Lady Leverage, and, and it's a lot more, like, mellow and, you know, uh, maybe professional um <laughs> well it's, it's like it's just as much it's you guys have a lot of fun do you want to go on a go-kart ride or do you want to go on a golf cart ride there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah like like uh like dj said it's it my style is conservative um even for uh options uh yes i do do day trades i'll hop in some SPX, zero DTEs. Um, I have no problem doing that. Um, but it, it's less Wild West is probably a <laughs> good way to put it, when, no, which, which is fine. You know, everybody's, you know, everybody has their style in place. Uh, and live, live trading B uh, is fun. Uh, me and Lady Leverage have our moments mm -hmm. <laughs> where we get wild. But uh, it's... It's fun. I, I love trading with Ace, uh, whether he has his own trading mm. chat or whatever is going on. Uh, it's it's fun. It's, it's part of a team, and we all have the same goals to 
help others, be a mentor, do our jobs, get wins, get paid, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, our, our goal is to help others build generational wealth and be that role model. Yeah. More than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and there's Actually, nothing I have wrong a, with a that. question that kind of goes off of that, and it's for both of you. Because um, I kind of want to hear both of your, your viewpoints on this. But Ace, I'll start with you. Like, you know, as you do things like live chat trading um, and you run the, the small account challenges and you, you know, you're hosting your first mastermind and stuff like that, you've got a lot of people that are looking up to you and learning from you and relying on you. Like, that's got to be a lot of pressure um, to have, you know, that type of, um, you know, I guess, following and the people that that do look up to you. And and when you, you know, maybe have an off day or if you, uh, like even today, for example, you had an off day on on the small account challenge, right? So how does that pressure weigh on you? You know, like, how do you continue to, you know, stay true to your trading styles and not bend to you know, to meet what the masses might want from you or, or whatever. And like, I guess just what's that look like? I think at the end of the day, I always constantly have to remind myself, I don't even have to at this point because now it's ingrained. But in the past, what I would have to do is constantly tell myself, like, am I doing my part in my position? Am I helping people in terms of the masses with what I'm doing myself because I am not a financial advisor. I do not offer financial advice. Whatever everyone else is doing, they're executing on their own behalf, right? They're using whether if it's my trade ideas and analyzing it themselves to see whether or not it's an idea that they like or whether they don't like. But at the end of the day, they're all executing their own trades. I'm personally showing what I did. So if everyone is losing money as a whole off of a trade idea, guess what? I am too, right? So why am I going to feel bad about myself losing money and everyone losing money when ultimately it's the same goal at the end of the day, like Fuss said. The goal is to grow, right? right. Whether if it's making money, helping people out, uh, learning day by day. Losses, that's a lesson. That's a win at the end of the day if I'm able to grab something off of that. What did I see that invalidated? How can I analyze this accordingly to make this a win now, right? They're all lessons at the end of the day. So if we can decipher what these lessons are off of these losses, then that's a win, right? So to me, it's not about uh, what the masses want in terms of, obviously we want to win at the end of the day. And I know that my strategy can provide wins. However, losses are inevitable within this space. So if you're not able to eat a loss, that goes to show in terms of your psychology, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of my whole thing in, in terms of that. Yeah. Fuzz, and I know, I know in your, in the beginning, early days with Stock Dads, like when you first started, you know, sending out, you know, your ideas and, and started serving in that mentor role to people, it was harder on you, I think. And then I think now you've kind of come to terms with it and you yeah. have your kind of your process. But talk about how, how that's evolved over time and what that looks like for you as well. Yeah. Uh, when, when we first started going and, you know, I was the main analyst. Uh, Stock Shaman was also a part of it. Um, anytime we would have bad days, even bad weeks, it, it just kind of, you know, it, you would you would feel um, because you, I'm I hate losing more than anything. So, uh, for me to lose is one thing, but to see others lose. I just have a passion for for everybody too, like everybody else, and I don't want to see them have a hard time or beat themselves up 
over something that I may have called out and it just didn't work out. Nowadays, you know, I've, I've come to grips like, like A said, you know, they're clicking the buttons, they're doing what they need to do. Like I, I have my stuff, uh, I send out what I'm getting into. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's part of trading. I can follow my trading plan to a T and I could view my analysis uh, as entry points and I will still, no matter what happens, something can go wrong. And you have to be willing to accept that. And newer traders um, and even sometimes veterans, they don't come to grips with that, that you you're not always going to be right and you have to be okay with that. Um, Ace has recommended Mark Douglas. I've always recommended Mark Douglas as well. You have to be to the point where you set your trade, you respect your levels. It hits or it doesn't hit. When you put your money to work, you have to be comfortable with the outcome no matter what. And you know that's something that has grown on me uh, tremendously over the past few years is you can't control the market no matter what happens. Um, if the trade works out, great. If it doesn't, there's always another opportunity and you move on. Don't wallow in misery just because you weren't right. Mm -hmm. Be humble and everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking of like, Humility. You're probably the humblest guy I know, especially as a full-time trader. You know, you're killing it. Uh, you know, I want to. I'm kind of interested to know what life has been like for you since you know becoming a full-time trader. You know, also, P.S. Guys, I didn't even know he had taken two of my pieces, so I just looked over and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, pieces are getting taken." This is really hard to focus on both of these things at the same time. So I'm doing much worse. Like you're just driving worse. an excuse. For <laughs> I'm not a good chess player, but I truly think I'd be doing better than than this right now if I was actually paying full attention. But it's all good. It's still fun. Um, but kind of talk about how that transition's been for you from, you know, going from you know working full time, you know, at a at your old job into transitioning into full time trading. How's your wife feel about that? Like would you guys like what's your lifestyle changes been? Have you, you know, enjoyed the the benefits of it? You know, kinda of talk through that. One of the key things is definitely the freedom. You get more time on your hands for sure, um, as opposed to working the nine to five. Um, granted I still put in the hours. Um, I still have evenings where I'm just looking at charts, uh, I'm doing prep, I'm doing DMs and all that kind of stuff. So the time is kind of all over the place, I guess, but it's still, you're still working. I mean, it, it, day trading and trading in general is a job and you have to treat it as a job. You have to treat it as a business. Um, you have to be so meticulous about what you're doing because you have to succeed. Um, and you know, if it doesn't work out, then you got to go back to the day job, <laughs> which you don't want. You also you need a you need a backup plan, of course, if trading doesn't work out. Um, if you know, as one of the the trading the trading as opposed to working uh, the nine to five uh, standard job or you know whatever wherever you're at in life, uh, yeah, the. One of the big things is definitely the mental changes. Like when I was working uh, 
at the nine to five, you know, I had really bad anxiety. Um, I had panic attacks. Um, one happened at work and it was so bad that, you know, I had to go to, uh, I didn't go to the ER, but it was the alternative ER or whatever, which was scary enough because yeah. And, and, you know, your heart's going crazy and nine mile. it was, it was bad, uh, to where my coworkers were even like really concerned about me. So, uh, that was like the turning point. Like, it's like, okay, I got to figure something out. <laughs> um, and then I got put on medicine, um, which I hated that medicine. Um, I'm off of it now, thankfully. Um, yeah. Um, but we, we moved away from there. Uh, we moved closer to family. Uh, we're out in the woods. Uh, we hear coyotes and we got deer, we got all sorts of stuff. So sure. That's nice, but we're more involved with, with family now. Um, which is nice. So there's, there's benefits, uh, for sure, but you have to work on it. It's not something your life doesn't just magically become yeah, it doesn't easy. Like, oh, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to do anything anymore. It's right. Still, no, yeah. you still got to work. You still got to grind. It's still your job. It's still your right. business. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, equating trading to a business. Check. Oh, oh boy. That's not good. I'm going to check already. <laughs> um, I think trade uh, equating trading to a business really resonates with me because I've run a business like that's what I do, um, you know, as an entrepreneur. So seeing kind of the, the parallels behind how, you know, how serious I have to take this business for it to succeed and also for it to not, or and it to continue to succeed. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's, it's easy. Like anybody can, you know, do things well for short periods of time. Yeah. Anybody can do, you know, something, you know, for a month or, you know, even six months or a year, but like to sustain something long term, you know, it takes continued effort, continued evolving growth, learning new things, you know, testing things, trial and error, failure to to continue to grow and to, you know, be able to sustain that long term. Has that been your experience, Ace? You guys got to treat it like it's work, like it's business, right? Like if you're giving yourself that opposite route where you're like, uh, this is just a hobby guess what? If you don't see and believe in yourself, you're going to see opportunities, right? If you do believe in yourself, if you don't, you're going to see obstacles. So whenever people are saying, oh, you know what? Like, this is just a hobby. This is money I can afford to lose. You're probably going to lose it now because you've already put it into the air. You've manifested the fact that you're probably going to lose this money. That's like jumping into casino and saying, I have $200 to spend inside of here. You know that you're probably not going to make a profit. It's the same thing when you're dealing with the stock market. Do you have a plan? Are you going to execute it? And now you're relating it to a job, right? Like we said, treat it like a job, treat it like a business. What is your job today? What is your job description? What are you going to execute day in and day out flawlessly, right? And that's why everyone, and we recommend it all the time. I hear Fuzz saying it, I hear myself saying it. Have a trading plan. Yeah. That is your job description at the end of the day. Always relay back to it, refer to it, treat it like it's a Bible and you will succeed right yeah. yeah i mean anybody that you know like sees these companies that you trade you know apple and and costco and you know facebook and all, like they all have business plans and right. they have a, a very you know regimented way of doing things so you know it's really no different for 
for a trader. So. Right. And one of the things too, like when we do our our business meetings, um, we have our our overall yearly goal, but we break things up into quarterly goals. And you know, I, I want people to challenge themselves to have those quarterly goals and those yearly goals, you know, reach for the stars and try to reach them. Um, yeah. And, and that's how businesses run their business models. And, you know, you, that's the way you should learn to get you a, pick up a business book, start reading it and translate that over into uh, trading. And if you don't have it written down, start writing it down because <laughs> it makes a world of a difference to have it written down in pen and paper. So one of the big things that, that I've heard you say, you know, time and time and time again, Fuzz, and this is one of your biggest, like, I feel like mantras that you live by when you're talking, when you're helping new traders is to not focus on, you know, a dollar gain or like a, a monetary goal or even like percentage gains. Like, don't make it like, okay, I'm going to make $100 a day or I'm going to make, I'm going to work in, you know, until I have $10,000 in my account or $100,000 and then I'm going to quit full time. So, but you always talk about how, you know, your goal should just be to continue down that process, that continued growth. So kind of talk about that. Yeah. So you focus on the process is, you know, what we say, focus on what gets you in a trade. What are the tools that you use? What is your mental state like? Uh, even on a daily basis, did you wake up tired? Did you have a fight with your wife the prior night? Did you have a big bill coming up that you're nervous about or that you're frustrated about that you got to pay up? You know, any little small triggers, be, be aware of what's going on uh, in, your, in your mindset. Um, but focus on the process. What's going on in the market? Uh, where are your indicators? What are they telling you? You know, really be zoned in on what you're doing. Be meticulous. You know, if if you got into a trade and it worked out great, that could be your A plus setup. Were you playing a bull flag? Were you playing a wedge breakout? Were you playing support resistance and you had an all time high breakout uh, like Nvidia did recently? Uh, you know, did that go picture perfect for you? That's your A plus setup. Use that as an example of your next trade. So if your next trade doesn't look as good as that prior one, why are you getting into the trade? Uh, if it's, you know, if it's, if there's something off with it or you got in and something didn't work out right, maybe you missed that. Uh, the RSI was diverging and you didn't notice it. Maybe that's just something, maybe you just missed that finer detail and you need to make note of it. Like, hey, just double check that there's not any divergences going on. Maybe I missed something there. Or maybe, you know, fibs, whatever you use as your tool set, is it the way you wanted it to be? And if not, just pay more attention to it on the next. Tinkering it, you know. Tinkering, go with it. You don't have to change the way you trade. You don't be bar hopping from one system to another system. Otherwise, you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow. You're not going to develop. You need to give your system time. You need a, a, a data set to work with to actually know if your style is actually working or it's not, or if it's not, you know, fitting. Uh, 
at least have a set of a quarterly set of data for you if you want to like try something else but focus on the process your mental state uh, whatever the market is doing um, from a bigger perspective maybe you got into a long when the market was saying and eh, not so fast we're either chopping or we're going the opposite way maybe you hopped in a short and the opposite thing happened and you're like oh duh the market wanted to go up and I was trying to go down you know right be aware of the the tide right so hey so how do you feel about that does that kind of align with your your viewpoints on you know future goals and and like what you should be kind of targeting yes it, it definitely aligns with me uh one of the things I would just love to piggyback off of was the fact that you said have your end goal and break that into quarters. Yeah. Right. The number one issue that I'll find with a lot of newer traders and just traders in general is they'll have very short term mindsets, meaning a singular day or a singular loss beats them up and they react very emotionally. That shouldn't be the case at all. If you know that your long term outlook is still positive and you're building those stepping stones day in and day out to constantly keep growing, one singular day should not affect the total outcome. So why are you being emotional right now <laughs> when you know that the overall process you're happy about? It's all part of the game. We know that losses are inevitable. So as long as you can break that down into a longer term outlook, right? Know your end goal, break those into quarters, like Fuzz said, and then you'll get a big picture. Yeah, I think one thing that I've noticed is kind of a almost a mixture of, you know, you said that some people have like too short of a mind frame or mindset, and then there's others where they have too long of a mind frame or both, or some people have both. Like, you know, some people's like goal is, oh, well, I want to be a full-time trader or I want to be a millionaire um, or whatever. And then, or they're again, you know, like you just said, like they're focused on every like day in one trade and it wrecks them. Right. I think there's gotta be like a middle ground where, okay, yeah. Okay. I want to be a millionaire or I want to be a full-time trader. That's a great goal to have, but how are you going to get there? You know what I mean? Like, what are the small, tangible steps that you're going to take? But you can't get so granular that, like, one single trade, you know, messes with your mentality. So, I again, I equate it to, to me as a business owner. You know, I have certain goals that I want. We have a five-year vision. Like, it's yeah. we worked on it together in our, you know, last strategic planning meeting where we got everybody in person. And we brainstormed, like, what do we want stock dads to look like in five years? And it's a big, hairy, audacious goal, you know, <laughs> yeah, this PHAG, is a, whatever, this is a right? I mean, goal, yeah. like, these are goals that, like, we want to reach, and that's awesome. But if that was where we stopped, then it's never going to happen, right? Yeah. But then what we do is we take that and we break it down into annual goals. So what are we going to achieve this year, okay, to get towards that five-year goal? And not only what are we going to achieve this year, but then we break it down quarterly yep what are we going to achieve quarterly to get to our annual goal which gets us to our five-year goal and then on top of that we break it down monthly and then like what are the things that each of us are doing day in and day out we have a vision you know i almost think that traders you know like their trading plan should almost include that that five-year vision yeah. and and have it be exactly like a business plan where you know again how we operate stock dads is it's that traction system. And if you guys haven't read it, it's called Rocket Fuel. Basically, it's the traction system and it's a business management tool. And it's essentially, it's like, okay, it's it's kind of that, that whole symbolism of, all right, if you have 
you know, a bowl of rocks and a bowl of water and a bowl of sand and you have a vase, okay? If you take the sand and put it in the vase first, which is the really small, minuscule, granular stuff. Right. Then you put the rocks in and then you fill it with water, it's going to overflow. It doesn't all fit, okay? But if you take the vase and you put the big stuff in first, so the rocks in first, right? You, you, your five-year vision, your annual goal, whatever. Then you take the sand, which is maybe your quarterly goals or whatever, your annual goals, smaller, but, but not liquid, you know? Right, right. Which is the day-to-day stuff. And you put that in next. It fills in all those spaces, right? Yeah. You know, all the spaces in between the rocks. Then you take the water, which is that liquid. It's that, it's that stuff that it's fluid, right? That means it changes every single day, you know, like what you need to focus on, you know, today may be different tomorrow, but it's all working towards it. And then you put the water in. Well, if you put the rocks, then the sand, then the water, it all fills and it fits. It doesn't overflow. Yep. But so it's kind of that order of thinking. And I think that, you know, business owners and traders can relate to that. And if traders go at it from a business perspective, which is, okay, I'm going to set this five-year goal, then I'm going to set it down or break it down into smaller, you know, chunks and then really get, then you get granular with it. Then you've got kind of that tangible plan of action to get yourself where you want to be. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just kind of, I guess, how I'm trying to relate it to myself because learning trading is hard and I'm learning trading is hard. Yeah. I've you know (laughs) tried and failed, you know, a few times, but I've never given it that time. Right. I've, you know, I've tried for a week or a month and then I'm like, man, I get too busy with something else and I kind of just give up on it. So, you know, that's why I'm going through Aces Mastermind, which just started, you know, and, and I'm super excited. I'm going to actually make myself learn and we're going to kind of track that process. But right. I already know, you know, now that I have to treat it like stock dads, like I treat my business. Yeah. And it shouldn't be easy. You know, you always want to, like what we've said before, you want to challenge yourself and set crazies, maybe outlandish goals, but have those stepping stones to, to keep you there. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have setbacks. I mean, be realistic. Even I have my bad trades. I have setbacks. Um, stuff happens. So, Oh gosh. No, no you can't take back. <laughs> All right. Whatever. I just gave him my queen. That's all right. He did. Okay. Well, that's all right. We're going to be, uh, <laughs> I'm going to just, ending misery sooner so <laughs> oof <laughs> well played dj oh, yeah the, the rules of chess are you know if you touch a piece you have to move it mm. and if you let go that that's it it's over got it wherever you put it that's where Savage. that's where she's at i got it <laughs> well so let's go back to this chess stuff uh-huh. all right you know how you you learn chess at a young age and you've played and stuff um i guess what how would you compare yourself like which piece on the board you know would would you say best represents you as a trader you know, like the queen that can you know whatever which one best represents you <laughs> uh you know we we kind of touched on this at some point um not not on this podcast but uh originally I was going with the knight and the reason why the knight is because you can you can hop, you can move uh, in funny L shapes, and the, you can move with the market. Um, and then I got to thinking, well, maybe I'm more like the uh, the bishop 
because the bishop stays on its color. You're, it's, it starts out as a dark square bishop. That sounded kind of racist. <laughs> it starts out <laughs> as a. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't, I couldn't resist. It's all right. It starts either on the dark squares or the light squares. You can't change it. It stays on its color. It moves in diagonals only. So a bishop is very true to itself. So I kind of identify. Uh, with that, I have my setups, I have my plans, I have my strategy. I stick to it no matter what. You can't tell me otherwise. You might come up to me, well, this works better. I don't care. You know, I, I have my set data sets. I have what I want to use and what works for me. And I'm going to stay on that diagonal. Uh, I'm not going to hop around and try to force things to work like a, like a knight does. Um, so, yeah, I would I'd definitely identify... Uh, as a bishop, so I kind of like that. Ace is definitely a queen. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I'm like, I feel like the straightforward answer would have to be a queen, just because of the multi multi directionalness of it, right? Like, yeah, having the ability to be able to pivot when you need to pivot, yeah. being able to be all seeing and move wherever you want to move uh, in that direction, and being able to reverse the play whenever you are wrong, so on and so forth, right? So yeah. so that's what I was thinking of the whole time you were answering, but I love your answer. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fun question because every piece has their strength and, and weakness. Right. Uh, like, I definitely uh, it's, feel it's a, like a DJ is a pawn. <laughs> I'm definitely a pawn. <laughs> uh, straight. I'm, a, I'm the king. I can only move, I can't move farther than one step ahead, but hey, I still that's rule not the a board. Bad thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, I'm that's, saying. that's fair. And you always, get, you always have to be defended. Uh, king exactly. safety is number one priority. Yeah, so, <laughs> I like that. I want to hear from our listeners. If you guys are, are watching on YouTube or, you know, listening on Spotify or whatever, find somewhere, comment below what trading piece or what chess piece you feel like best represents you as a trader i think that's an interesting question a little thought experiment for people to go through yeah um but no i'm probably <laughs> definitely a pawn because i don't know what the heck i'm doing and i have no <laughs> no trading power at all <laughs> my superpower is just full porting you know and losing and you know Starting over again. Starting over. We'll get you. We'll get you. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. You're you're doing the mastermind with Ace, and yeah. If I don't get get there, well, then I guess you know all all bets are off, and we no longer have any you know. You you can send me your trading plan. There you go. (laughs) I feel so under attack on this chessboard right now, and I have no way to do anything because I wasn't paying attention, and I'm just not good at chess. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, what are some of the what are some of the cons of you know being a professional trader, doing this full time? How does it wear on you? You know, are there days that are harder? Like yeah. you know, kind of talk about about that a little bit. Yeah the uh, the mental aspect is is definitely the hardest. It doesn't you know there there are days where it's just brutal, <laughs> even weeks where you could just sit there and and do everything that you have laid out and it will go wrong. And <laughs> you have to understand that you're going to have bad weeks and you need to be ready for that, uh, both mentally and financially, really. Um, because sometimes it's not going to work mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with that. And you have to have some drawback to, you know, pick up the pieces, um, 
so yeah, that part is can be tough. Um, the other things, sometimes it's too much free time. So I mean, you're like, mm, what, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but if you're not actively engaging, make yourself busy, if that makes sense. So like maybe the market's not doing something, but there is something I can work on. I could review trades. I could go over my trading plan yet again, see if there's anything I need to revise. Something in the market is always happening. If the market's quiet, you can go check out bonds, see what they're up to. You can go check out Forex if you're into that, or crypto, you can see what Bitcoin's up to. Something's always going on to keep you busy. Mm -hmm. um, so if you find yourself in a lull, just go, look, you're not looking hard enough. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's too many cons other than mainly stress. Um, that's the biggest one for me, at least. Stress and keeping yourself sharp from a mental standpoint. Um, yeah, that's that's probably my biggest my biggest one there. Stress. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so what about you? What's the hardest part about you uh, being a full time trader? I mean, I gotta agree with Fuzz, right? That mental um it really takes a toll especially when like i said you could be following your trading plan to a t and everything is looking perfect in terms of your conviction you have full confidence in your trade and sometimes you're just going to lose one of the biggest things that one of my professors actually said to me is trading technical analysis is like driving a car while looking in the rearview mirror we're just making the best probability possible to see where the future can lay, right? We are not psychics. We cannot see and rub our magic eight ball to tell what the future is going to show. But what we can do is make the best educated guess. Um, so sometimes it happens where we steer off course, right? Because again, we're just taking the best probable cause that may happen. Um, another thing in terms of cons, which just have to be noise mm. as being like a trader, yeah. uh, especially in me and Fuzz's case, where we have a lot of voices in our ear uh, at all times, it's inevitable where some people are going to have a lot of contradicting thoughts, right? Where it's like, we're playing to the bullish side as an example. And someone's like, this is going down. This is bearish. This is the reason why <laughs> blah, 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 blah. No matter what, I stay true to what my analysis shows. And I'll always play my chart to the way that my strategy works. Uh, however, that noise constantly in your ear, that constant bickering, especially if they are right because again it's inevitable i am going to be wrong i am going to take losing trades but it's when like the person just rubs it in your face a little uh but yeah there's there's not much cons man i love the freedom yeah especially with time to be able to just say you know what i'm not feeling it emotionally i'm not in check i'm gonna take the day off that to me is incredible i love having that kind of freedom uh just being able to be like you know what i'm going to the gym uh during uh, what I like to call the business hours. So as soon as it hits like lunchtime, <laughs> lunchtime there's yeah. no one in there. Uh, but I love hitting the gym at that time where it's just completely empty. Uh, so many pros to go through, not so many cons. I'm going to be honest. I love my job. I love what I do and I'm going to continuously do it and try to bring the next uh, generation of, of traders to the world uh, who can see success within this space. Yeah, that's a great point. Tuning out the noise is... Tricky, um, especially, you know, sometimes you get conflicting data sets. Like you said, sometimes this is going up, that's going down. You know, bonds are going up, but Qs are going down. The ticks are stable, but 
you know, whatever the spy is going down, whatever. Um, some of it too is trying to not only cut out the noise, but also not to worry too much. Like no one knows what rates are going to be. No one knows what the housing market is going to be in a few years. No one knows what's going to be going on overseas. You can't predict. Don't try to predict. You're going to get slapped in the face. The market's going to do whatever the market wants to do, regardless of what you think. You could think, well, there's conflict overseas. They're bombing, you know, shipping lanes in in the Red Sea or whatever. Who cares? You know, the market doesn't seem to care. So play it day by day and just see what the chart has to give you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think <clears throat> it's definitely it's got to be hard to once you guys get to your level where you you understand how so many things work and you understand how, you know, different things impact the stock market, how the stock market impacts the economy, how, you know, all sorts of different things work like I, I can imagine that that gets hard to filter out and just stay true to what you do. So I guess my next question is, so what happens, you guys have both talked about how you stay true to your plan, you have to have your data, you know, that says, okay, you know, I've done this for this long and it works, it's true, like over time. Now, have either of you ever had to like backpedal on a strategy and change your strategy based on like either market conditions no longer agree with your strategy like what did that process look like for you how did you identify like okay this is no longer working and how did you go about changing it rather than just you know digging your heels in and being stubborn and not being able to admit that okay my strategy's not working right now <laughs> that's such a good question <laughs> but yeah that, obviously so the market actually has market cycles right whether we are in a recession whether we're peaking whether we're in a trough so on and so forth right whether we're in an expansion where we're actually in that growth phase and then during that time stocks actually cycle through um so whenever you see we're at our, our peak and we're starting to curl you'll see tech start to take that first fall right so Understanding where to pivot in terms of our our market cycles is huge. During COVID, um, I actually spoke about this today in live trading, is during COVID, I was able to play a lot of swings and naked swings at that case. However, intraday, you were not going to catch any movement because the institutional involvement will always happen after market or before the market. Right. So you're getting those huge gap ups nonstop or those huge gap downs. But intraday, you would capture no movement. So the only way I was actually able to day trade was through playing spreads. Uh, And then that's where Fuzz actually stepped in and he started to chime in on that. But yeah, being able to pivot and understand that the market is going to vary. Right. It's going to constantly keep changing um, and being able to pivot your strategy your strategies to actually tune into what the market wants to give you is huge. Be adaptable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one COVID spoiled a lot of traders and a lot of the the newcomers on the scene. Uh, buy the dip, you know, buy the dip and let it rip. Um, one of the the key things that that hit for me was the Fed pivot when we were going through that up channel and everything was just working. Uh, all of a sudden, now you're fighting against the Fed and you, you have 
quantitative tightening as opposed to quantitative easing. Rates were going up. The market was trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, so from the VIX also was going up. That was a big player for me, the VIX going up and staying high. It wasn't just like, you know, where it's at now, where it's low and it's staying low. Uh, the market has no fear right now. So the path of least resistance does seem, you know, higher as of, you know, the recording. Um, so with the higher VIX, swing trades are harder. Um, so you focus more in on, on fast trades, scalps. Uh, I had to pivot uh, from less swings uh, or excuse me, from more swings to less swings to no swings at, you know, a good bit of time when we were headed on down because swings weren't working. Even if you try to grab puts, we'd have those big moves to the upside and you get stopped and then you have to re-gauge, you know, where things are at. Timing was very crucial. Um, and it was just a headache to do swings. So you just switch that gear like, okay, swings aren't working. So I need to zoom into a faster time frame. The daily, the four hour and the hourly, they're just too slow. <laughs> And you'll pick that up with how fast the markets are moving intraday. You'll see that with the VIX and even the the VIX, the volatility of volatility. Um, once that starts picking up, you know it's time to uh, switch gears. And even as a more swing-oriented person, uh, you... <laughs> <laughs> You had to switch. What now? Hold yeah. On, pause. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you had Man, to change focus. Here. I had you to learn. In, you'll fit in down here in Florida with the swingers. <laughs> yeah, so. pineapples. Uh, mm -hmm. You had to. I had to learn how to do more day trades, and I had to brush up on a skill set that I hadn't really mastered. And I had to, like, I, I was aware of opening range strategy. I'd done it before. I was familiar with it. But I hadn't, like, really, like, grinded it out to where I was really comfortable with. And, and I had to, you know, do that. So for me, that was, that was a fun learning experience. I still much prefer swings over day trading. Uh, it, but if I have to day trade, I, I, I can and I will. So. Again, I kind of you have to adapt. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's what it all comes out to is adaptability. And uh, yeah. like a, again, from a business owner perspective, the same thing, where you know sometimes the things that have worked in the past with our business no longer work. The things that you know we try and they fail, or you know sometimes the market evolves, or you know what customers want evolves, or social media evolves, and you know, marketing, all that kind of stuff, you know, things change. So I think humility, you know, is a is a <clears throat> important factor for traders as well because you have to be able to take a step back, admit that you're wrong, admit that things aren't going your way right now, and admit that, okay, maybe it's time to take, you know, a different approach and yeah. to be okay with that because if you aren't okay with that, you know, the market doesn't seem to care what you think and what strategy has worked for you in the past. The market's going to do, like you said, what it wants to do one way or the other. So it's best that you find ways to adapt and evolve around water. It's kind of like what, you know, Bruce Lee's 
quote, what is it? I think I'm in check again. This is going great. Um, it's almost over, you know, like be like water <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, where you kind of, you know, you have to be fluid and stuff with the, with the market and stuff. I think yeah. that's important. So, um, are there any things that like, I guess, are there any parts of your strategy that stay consistent no matter what the market conditions are or is anything kind of yeah up, up for nope changes what i use is what i use you can use it for day trading you can use it for swing trading uh you just know what time frame you're going to use or multiple we we preach multiple time frame analysis is the key <laughs> uh have a large time frame a medium time frame and a and a short time frame to to snipe your entries um yeah so my my data's or my indicators that i use um the the moving averages the squeeze and the the stat thrust they are all capable of of doing whatever you need to do so it's, it can all translate over here it is i think Check only. You're almost done. Oh, you're gosh. almost. You're almost dead. dead. <laughs> I think I got one move I can do, and that's it, right? I resign is a move as well. Oh, okay. I think we're gonna just go ahead and resign here. Okay. <laughs> Good game on that. Good game. Uh, that was ugly. <laughs> but hey, you know it, it is what it is. So, um, no, I, I, yeah, I think so. It, it sounds to me like. There are core principles of your strategy, which we're going to get into in a follow-up episode. Um, we're going to have you back and talk more, you know, details on your strategy and kind of like how you trade, your process, all that kind of fun stuff on the next episode. But um, there are things that you don't waver on, and then there are things that you know you'll kind of that are like you said, fluid and will change as the market evolves. And I think that's the same for you too, right, Ace? Exactly. Cool. So, um, Ace, do you have any other questions for Fuzz for this How are episode? Are you so handsome? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Right. Good question. I got it from my mom and I'm just. That's a perfect answer. Yeah. Uh, this this hat over here is actually Fuzz's, and this is the kind of guy that Fuzz's. He would rock that hat. We put it up there. We. If, I'm gonna have you put it on for the for the end of the episode. We'll reveal the water bottle that's holding it up. Right oh. Now. <laughs> Go ahead. Throw it on. Let's, let's. You know. <laughs> let's show the people what it uh what Fuzz's brand is here man this is just good old country boy uh who is just basically you know turned into a freaking killer trader and yeah southern southern <coughs> at heart there so. you go that's that's oh. the true fuzz right there I love it. <laughs> oh yeah that's he should have done the whole episode i know that right that's, that's badass so um, but no, thank you guys for watching. Please like, subscribe, follow us. Uh, if you guys aren't already part of the Stock Dads community, you can get Ace and Fuzz's alerts and live trading every single day. Um, these are two of the best in the business, and uh, you know you guys can get in, get learned from them, and and you know start to understand how they do things better. Um, but we will have Fuzz back and talk more strategy next time. But this was the Stocks and Sandals podcast. We appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. 
If you like our show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, following our socials, and joining our community on Discord. But most importantly, remember this. Don't touch the thermostat. <laughs> <laughs>